You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and fake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. Welcome in, Raider Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It's Thursday. January 9th, 2020. And first and foremost, before we get into today's episode, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. And uh, what I mean by that is I don't know what was going on with Apple Podcasts, but I know a lot of people hit me up on Wednesday saying that they couldn't get the, the show. It said that it was a show there, but it wasn't showing up. And some all kind of craziness was going on. I tried to send a link to a lot of different people. And I'm not going to lie, even my Apple Podcast, because that's what I usually use, it wasn't working either for some reason. Finally, it showed up. And I, I know my mom said it finally showed up for her as well. But I don't know what was going on with Apple Podcasts. It really had nothing to do with me. I tried to upload the show actually twice on Wednesday, so I apologize if there was any inconvenience for that. Uh, if you ever have that kind of issue, you could always go to radio.com and uh, search Locked On Raiders Podcast. It is there. You could also use Spotify, Google Podcasts. There's a, there's a bunch of different ways to use it, but uh, I don't know what was going on with Apple, so I apologize for anyone who is struggling to hear the show on Wednesday. It was a really good one. If you did not get a chance to do, do so, please go back and listen to it because Jordan Reed was really good talking all things NFL draft. So I hate that anyone might have missed out on that. That was the one episode I'm thinking, man, why is it got to mess up on this episode? Of all the episodes, when I have a really good guest on there, then all of a sudden it's going to miss. So uh, hopefully you got a chance to hear that. If you did not, uh, please go ahead and, uh, and try to refresh your Apple podcast and maybe it'll, it'll pop up then. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that, that was an issue that was going on on Wednesday. So like to apologize for that. Also, real quick, before we get too deep into this podcast, got to talk about the length of the show again. Yeah, I know that subject is rearing its ugly head again. Uh, I've been told again by the powers that be, got another email, pretty lengthy email on Wednesday that uh, definitely got to cut back on the length of the shows and and it's for multiple different reasons and all the reasons make a lot of sense and it's not just you know because they don't want me to do a longer show it just has to do with a lot of things that they have going on the Locked On Podcast Network and I really have to do my best to try to uh, comply with what they got going on so if you start to see the shows be a little bit shorter that will be the reason why I really got to start to cut back and uh, make the show more like what it's supposed to be which is around the 23 to 28 maybe 30, 35 minute length. And uh, yeah, anything more than that will probably become a problem. So I got to make sure I try not to do that. So I'm not going to really dwell on that too much because, well, I'm going to be wasting time. So I don't want to do that. Just kind of want to give you a heads up on why the shows may be a little bit shorter than they have been in the past. Because again, uh, they're just, they're, they're really cracking down on, on the time and the length of, of the shows here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So coming up on today's show, Segment number three, your call straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Got to try to keep those calls around three minutes or less. Really, less would be great, but less than three minutes uh, because of the, the length of the shows. Man, I just can't have super long shows, and sometimes that segment number three turns into be like 30 minutes in itself. So really got to try to cut back on that. So please do me a favor when you call in 707-654-4693. Make it less than three minutes. If not, I'm just not going to be able to play 
the calls. A- after today, I just won't be able to play calls that are more than three minutes long. I just won't be able to. And somebody's going to be mad because, well, their show, their call didn't get on the show. But that's going to be the reason why. So please do your best to respect others as well and, and just have a-, a call that's less than three minutes. So that would really, really help out in a major way. Here in segment number one and segment number two, instead of doing news and notes of the day like I usually do, uh, a lot of people have been talking about free agency and what the Raiders should do in free agency. Well, before the Raiders dive into free agency that's throughout the rest of the league, the other 31 teams on the league, they have a bunch of free agents themselves. They have 30 people that are going to be free agents by one way or the other, either unrestricted free agents or exclusive rights and restricted rights free agents. So they have a lot of free agents themselves that they have to go through and address and decide, okay, who should they keep? Who should they not keep? So what I'm going to do here in segment number one, I'm going to do offensive free agents. I'm going to talk about all the offensive free agents they have in 2020. And then in segment number two, defensive free agents that they have in 2020. So that's how we're going to break it up. Offense here in segment number one, defense in segment number two. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So first on offense, I'm going to deal with just unrestricted free agents, guys that can sign anywhere they want as long as the team gives them an offer. So I'm going to go through this list and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. I'm just going to talk about the guys that I think should stick around and guys that I think that the Raiders will probably let go ahead and explore other options. And off top, quarterback Mike Glennon. He's an unrestricted free agent. Bye, Felicia. Mike Glennon will do nothing for the Raiders as far as I'm concerned. You need to move on from him. I talked about this uh, multiple times that he's not really going to do anything. So Mike Glennon, to me, is a guy that's good as gone. He won't see Las Vegas. Running back Isaiah Crowell. Now, this is an interesting story because he could have been a guy. He could have been a dude that was backing up Josh Jacobs in 2019 and probably been a hell of an addition, but he tore his Achilles in training camp. Matter of fact, before training camp, he tore his Achilles. And the only issue I have with bringing him back is how healthy is he going to be? I know he had all season to to heal up and all offseason, all that good stuff, but an Achilles and a running back, man, that is tough, tough, tough. You remember Michael Crabtree, he came back from a – torn Achilles when he was with San Francisco and the very next year he wasn't very good he wasn't very explosive he didn't have a whole lot in the tank and and then until he got back with the Raiders a couple years removed from that is when he was actually a really better player so I think Isaiah Crowell unfortunately for him I think that the the ship has sailed on him guard Jordan Devy he is a guy that I think that the Raiders need to explore on bringing back now I'm not saying give a big money deal to but uh, when the Raiders were down and, and guys were hurt on the offensive line a guy like Jordan Devy was able to step up that's the same that goes with guard Denzel good as a matter of fact speaking about Denzel good no doubt about it he should return and he should be in Vegas and he actually tweeted out on uh, on Wednesday and I guess I should have said this off the top of the show he actually tweeted out that I'll see you in Vegas so I'm assuming that he re-signed I'm absolutely assuming that he re-signed and he will be in Vegas and he deserves to be in Vegas I mean he filled in no matter who he filled in for he did exactly what his last name says is he did a good job he really did if he was filling in for Gabe Jackson cool if he was filling in for Richie Incognito cool Denzel Good did a really good job, and according to his Twitter, he will see you in Vegas. So that means he's re-signed, so that's a good one for sure. Dwayne Harris, wide receiver kick returner Dwayne Harris, I think the ship has sailed on him. He's older in the tooth, and I think that the Raiders will go ahead and find a more explosive guy to return kicks. It won't be uh, Trevor Davis because he's gone. I remember the Raiders ended up cutting him or releasing him, uh, and he, so he's gone. But the Raiders will find a guy to go ahead and return kicks, and I don't think Dwayne Harris is going to be the end-all, be-all. don't think that they need to, to see him at all. Now, here's another position where it gets a little sticky. Running back Jalen Richard. He's been around since he was an undrafted free agent. Remember Big Reggie found him. He's done some good things for the Raiders, but at the same time, he's also put the ball on the ground, and he's one of those guys that you're kind of nervous about. Uh, I think that he's probably done. I think he's done in the silver and black. I don't think you need him, DeAndre Washington, and Josh Jacobs. I think you need a, a guy that's a little bit bigger, a guy that, that can uh, be a bruising back, a guy more like Isaiah Crowell, but Isaiah Crowell's coming off that Achilles injury, so that's why I wouldn't bring him back. So I 
I look at Jalen Richard and I say, no, thank you. I just say, no, thank you to Jalen Richard. I let him walk. Running back Rod Smith, uh, the Raiders signed him later on in the season. Thought he maybe could have a little bit of impact because he was a bigger dude, but he actually did nothing. I mean, he might have got in a little bit of special teams. He really did nothing. So I say move on from Rod Smith. Now, running back DeAndre Washington, I think he earned his spot. I really do. When he had the opportunity to fill in for Josh Jacobs, he was running hard. He was running downhill. And for the first time in his career, he was healthy pretty much all season long. So I think DeAndre Washington, he's earned his spot. Tight end Eric Tomlinson, as far as I'm concerned, bye, Felicia. He didn't do anything with other teams. He didn't do anything with the Raiders in 2019. Tight end Eric Thomason, he could kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. Now, guys that have certain kind of restrictions on him. Tackle David Sharp. He's a restricted free agent. David Sharp did some okay things. We all know that Brandon Parker struggled when he was in there for Trent Brown. But David Sharp, he's a restricted free agent. I'm sure right now you're thinking, Q, well, what exactly is a restricted free agent? He's a guy with three or less accrued seasons. And you get an accrued season with six or more regular season games with the team. And he's received a qualifying offer. So David Sharp, I expect to be back with the Raiders in 2020. Wide receiver Keelan Doss, he's an exclusive rights free agent. So just like you were probably asking about the restricted free agent, you're probably asking about the exclusive rights free agent, right? He's a player with two or fewer seasons of service whose contract has expired. They cannot negotiate with other teams as long as they've received a qualifying contract by their current team. So basically, when you put it all together and you put it in the blender, and what does that come out with? Keelan Doss, I expect to be back with the Raiders in 2020. He didn't do a whole lot in 2019, but I do think that uh, the Raiders like him. I think John Gruden likes him, and I think he may have a future, but he's got a lot of work to do this offseason. So Keelan Doss will be back with the Raiders in 2020. Guard Cameron Hunt, he's an exclusive rights free agent. I see him coming back in 2020. I have no problem with that. Again, going back to the depth along that offensive line. That's good. Offensive line needs as much depth as possible. Uh, you saw it did really good things in 2019, only giving up 29 sacks uh, as opposed to 52 the year before. So I'm good with that. And the final guy that I'm going to talk about here in segment number one, quarterback Nate Peterman. He's an exclusive rights free agent. And I think everyone realizes that John Gruden sees something in him that he likes. It's probably his mobility. I'm not too sure. I'm not sold on him as a quarterback, but he's an exclusive rights free agent. So I expect to see him in Las Vegas in 2020. If you remember, they put him on IR. He had hurt his elbow. Uh, My mom likes Nate Peterman. John Gruden seems to like Nate Peterman. I'm not a big fan, but again, he can keep plays alive with his feet. And that's something that's going to be needed moving forward, I think. So uh, those are the guys that I expect to stick around. Mike Glennon, gone. Isaiah Crowell, gone. Jordan Devy, stick around. Denzel Good, stick around. Dwayne Harris, gone. Jalen Richard, gone. Rod Smith, gone. DeAndre Washington, stick around. Eric Tomlinson, bye. David Sharp, stick around. Keelan Doss, stick around. Cameron Hunt, stick around. And Nate Peterman, stick around. Coming up in segment number two, we're going to flip things over on the defensive side of the ball and do the same thing. Free agents that are unrestricted, restricted, and exclusive rights. And then, oh, there's a couple special teams guys as well. That's coming up in segment number two of the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Jumping back into the Lockdown Raiders podcast today, Thursday, January 9th, 2020. Talking free agency right now. No, I'm not talking about free agents on other teams because before you can go out of pocket and before you can go out of the roster and go and get other free agents from other teams, you got to look at your own roster. You got to examine that and you got to determine who's coming back and who's not coming back. So today I'm taking a real quick look at the upcoming free agents for the Raiders. Segment number one, I did all offense. Here in segment number two, I'm going to do defense and a couple guys on the special teams unit. When I mean special teams, I'm talking kicker, long snapper, stuff like that. So here we go. Defensive free agents, guys I think will return to the silver and black in 2020 and guys that I think will go ahead and look for other teams in 2020. So let's go ahead and get things started. Defensive end Benson Mayoa. 
He was a guy who was second in the team in sacks, right behind Mad Max Crosby. And matter of fact, for a long time during the season, he actually uh, led the team in sacks. And uh, he was a limited player. He didn't play all the time. He had limited amount of snaps, but he still made the most of his snaps. So I definitely think Benson Mayoa, even though he's a little bit older, I think he deserves a spot. So I think he should go out there, and I think the Raiders should go ahead and make sure they offer him a contract and try to get him back just for that veteran presence. And he could still, obviously, get to the quarterback. So yes, on Benson Mayoa, go ahead and bring him back. Linebacker. Vontez Burfitt. We all know how 2019 ended for him. Four games in, he gets suspended for the rest of the season. And I mean, the Raiders really missed him when he was gone. So I, I can't believe that I'm saying this because just a year ago, I was saying hell no to Vontez Burfitt. But I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying bring him back. I think it'll be another one-year deal similar to what they did in 2019. But you could tell when he wasn't there that that linebacking core really missed him. So I do believe you bring Vontez Burfitt back. It's a one-year deal, nothing crazy, and hopefully he can stay out of trouble. But don't rely on him. The only problem is you can't rely on him and think that he's going to be the dude for all 16 games because we as fans know that that's not going to happen. Again, your best ability is availability, and Vontez Burfitt is just not available. So I think that that was proven last year. Go ahead and bring him in for depth, but you have to address the linebacker position moving forward, especially in the draft. Linebacker Will Compton, he came in and did some good things. He really did, and I know John Gruden was a big fan of his. Um, I, I like him somewhat. I'm not a huge fan of him, but again, I think he did pretty well. And so if they gave him a contract and brought him in and uh, he competed during training camp, and I think that's the same with Vontez Burfitt. Go ahead and compete during training camp or preseason. Look, you got 90 roster spots, and then you have to cut it down to 53 later in August. So I think that that would be okay. Bring Will Compton back. I think he deserves at least a shot. Uh, he did some good things. Uh, he did some okay things. He wasn't great, but again, he wasn't bad. So yeah, I think that you should definitely go ahead and extend him. And again, if he doesn't make it out of training camp, he doesn't make it out of training camp. But at least you give him that shot. So right off the top in defense, man, all three guys I'm bringing back. Benson Mayoa, Vontez Burfitt, and Will Compton. Defensive lineman Deion Jordan, he was a guy that I was pleasantly surprised about. Very, very surprised about. He came in and look, he, he didn't play a whole lot in 2019 for the Raiders, but he made an impact. He helped Maurice Hurst get an interception by tipping the ball against uh, Tennessee. Got a sack or two. Uh, he got a lot of pressure. He was playing the inside. He allowed Cleve Farrell to go back to his normal position. Yeah, Deion Jordan, in my opinion, you definitely bring him back. That's four for four already on the defensive side of the ball. And one more little nugget about Deion Jordan. Remember, he was a first-round draft pick. Remember, the Dolphins actually traded with the Raiders. When the Raiders went and got DJ Hayden, they picked him at number 12. They traded with the Dolphins. The Dolphins traded up to number three with the Raiders to go get him. Now, he's had some issues off the field, no doubt about that. He's been suspended multiple times. If he can keep his nose clean, man, he could be a heck of a player and maybe be a steal for the Raiders moving forward. So I, I would be excited to see what he does. And if they do, I'm sure they'll bring him back, see what he can do with the whole training camp and uh, you know just a whole offseason and all that good stuff to really get in shape and, and really learn the, the playbook and, and really learn his role on the team. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited, a lot more excited about Deion Jordan now than I was when the Raiders signed him during the season. Next up is safety Carl Joseph. I know a lot of fans like Carl Joseph, but I think that ship has sailed. I really, really do. I don't think that he's a guy that is a big uh, fan of the system that he's running in. I don't think that uh, Paul Gunther is a big fan of his either. I mean, I think Carl Joseph went out there and, and gave it his all. And really, he was a, he was a team player, and you got to give him credit for that. But I don't think that Paul Gunther's a big Carl Joseph guy. I just don't. I don't think John Gruden's a big Carl Joseph guy either. But we'll see. I think that they're going to allow him to test the market and see if he can go out there and get some big money as a former first-round guy. And if not, maybe they don't see the guy that they want or they don't get a, a safety in, in the draft that they like, they might bring him back. But as far as I'm concerned, I think the, the ship has sailed on Carl Joseph. 
Defensive back Nevin Lawson, remember he suspended one game. For some reason, the Raiders really, really like him. I mean, they kept him, they stuck by him when he was suspended four games in 2019 to start that season. And now he's suspended one game to start 2020. I think that they'll probably keep him around. Uh, John Gruden likes his versatility. Obviously, Paul Gunther likes his versatility, so I'm sure that they keep him around as well. Defensive end Josh Morrow, he's a guy that is not going to put up a lot of sacks, but he's really good against the run. A lot of times you notice Josh Morrow, he stay home. He would always stay home. So anytime you see a team on an end around, usually he'd be in the right position to drop him for a five-yard loss. That was the plays that stood out to me the most about defensive end Josh Morrow is that he was really good and really stout against the run, and he was very disciplined. He always stayed home. You never saw him diving in, going after the quarterback, and not being in his lane. He always was where he was supposed to be. So I think Josh Morrow... I think he returns to the Raiders in 2020. So, so far, the only guy on the defensive side of the ball that I said isn't going to return in 2020 is Carl Joseph. Next up, defensive lineman Olsen Pierre. I think he's gone. There's really not a whole lot that I got to say about him. I think he's gone. He did absolutely nothing for the Raiders in 2019. He played for the Giants before that and uh, got a couple sacks, but he did nothing for the Raiders. I mean, didn't collect a stat for the Raiders in 2019, so I don't expect him to be with the Raiders in 2020. Safety Curtis Riley, I hope he does not return in 2020. I really don't want him back on the team in 2020. Curtis Riley is not only a problem out there on the field uh, against other teams, he's a, he's a problem uh, against his own team. Uh, he, he knocked out a Trayvon Mullen at some point in the season. Uh, he's, just, he's just not a good player. He's a guy that I might put on special teams, but I sure don't want him playing a safety role at all. I mean, uh, Curtis Riley, he's awful. Just very awful. He was bad when he was in New York. He was bad when he was in Oakland. No to Curtis Riley in, uh, in Las Vegas. Do not want to see him at all in the silver and black. Linebacker Kyle Wilbur, I'm sure he'll return as a special teams guy. Rich Basaccia has a good history with him. And uh, again, you don't really want him to be out there and play the linebacker role. He can fill in if need be, but really he's a special teams guy. So I think Kyle Wilbur will probably return. Defensive back Daryl Worley. This is a good question right here. Daryl Worley as a corner is not nothing spectacular in my opinion. He's just not that great. Him as a safety, maybe. You know, he played multiple positions towards the end of the season and did an okay job. I think Daryl Worley will probably be a lot better, maybe in a Malcolm Jenkins type role where he can have his eyes in the backfield the whole time instead of having to run with a wide receiver down the sideline. I'd much rather him not be the corner. But if they're going to bring him back on a decent deal, then I could see him playing maybe a safety role. Now, Daryl Worley's probably going to go out there and try to get some big money. So they might let him do like they let Carl Joseph do. Go ahead and test the water. And and then if he doesn't see the deal that he likes, maybe they'll bring him back. I'm kind of on the fence with Daryl Worley. If he's going to play safety, cool. If he's going to play corner, not so much. I, I don't mind passing on him. Maybe he's a guy you bring back and let him compete in training camp. I I don't know. I know uh, uh, he does some good things at times, but then I also know at times he does some really, really bad things. So those are the guys that are unrestricted free agents, guys that can sign with any team starting on March 18th as long as the Raiders have not given him or given them deals before then. Right now, let's jump into restricted free agent, and that's Nicholas Morrow. Uh, I think that he's a guy that you definitely bring back because of depth. Uh, I think he did some good things. Uh, defensive back Mackinton Dorliant, exclusive rights free agent. Yeah, sure, he can come back. <laughs> Why not? Uh, again, 90-man roster in, in uh, training camp and in the preseason, 53-man roster at the end of August. Now, I'm sure Dorliant won't make it to that 53-man roster, but, yeah, you could bring him back and have him during, uh, during training camp. Cornerback DJ Killings, he's another exclusive rights free agent. Sure, uh, again, the 90-man rule applies for him. Safety Dallin Levitt, he's an exclusive rights free agent. He's a guy that uh, is a really good special teams dude. I know that Rich Basaccia likes him. I know that he's been out there defensively a few times. John Gruden even talked about going ahead and throwing him out there, but I think he's really, really good 
uh, on the special teams unit, so he'll definitely be a guy that comes back. And speaking of special teams unit, long snapper Trent Sieg, he's an exclusive rights free agent. He'll definitely be back. Kicker Daniel Carlson, he's an exclusive rights free agent. He'll be back even though, you know, there were some issues with him. He, he didn't really have the confidence he did when he played in 2019, or 2018 actually. When he played in 2019, he was hit or miss a lot, so he definitely needs to go ahead and continue to, to work on his uh, skill during the offseason. He'll be a guy that's going to be heavily scrutinized during training camp of the preseason, but you definitely don't go into into the uh, the offseason without him. I mean, you have to have him because at some point he was good. Now, if you're going to move on from him at some point, you look around the league, nobody has a really good kicker. I mean, there's very few really, really good kickers across the league. So while you got a guy that's decent and uh, a little bit above average, you got to hold on to him, at least for now, until you find a guy who you feel very confident in replacing him with. And I don't see that guy across the league, and I don't see that guy coming out of college either. So, uh, yeah, I think that you go ahead and stick with Daniel Carlson. So as far as defensive and special teams unit, as far as those guys go, the guys I would keep. Let's go ahead and go through it real quick. Defensive end, Benson Mayoa, keeper. Linebacker, Vontez Burfitt, keeper. Linebacker, Will Compton, keeper. Defensive lineman, Deion Jordan, keeper. Safety, Carl Joseph, he's gone. Defensive back, Nevin Lawson, he'll be a keeper. Defensive end, Josh Morrow, he'll be a keeper. Olsen Pierre, defensive lineman, he's gone. Safety, Curtis Riley, hopefully he's gone. Linebacker, Kyle Wilbur, he'll be back. Defensive back, Daryl Worley, I'm on the fence with. We'll see. On the fence with him, though. Linebacker, Nicholas Morrow, he'll be back. Uh, defensive back, Mackinton Dorliant, he'll be back. Cornerback, DJ Killens, back. Safety, Dallin Levitt, he'll be back. Special teams unit, Trent Sieg and Daniel Carlson, both of those guys will be back. Coming up in segment number three, your call straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You'll be talking about some free agents. You'll be talking about Derek Carr, talking about the season in general, and just whatever's on your mind, Raider-related, 707-654-4693. That's coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. All right, here we are jumping into segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Moving forward, we're definitely going to have to get calls three minutes or under just because, again, with the time restraints that we're having and they're really starting to enforce it here on the Locked On Podcast Network, really going to try to get as many calls in as possible, but at the same time, going to have to be respectful to others. And so if the call is over three minutes after today, going to have to just not play it. I mean, it's just it's real simple just because I really have to get this time back down to where it's supposed to be here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Just going to jump right into the calls. 707-654-4693 leading us off today. T3 Raider Facts talking about his five quick hits of the day. Free agency as far as other teams go. Linebackers, safeties, wide receivers, first round picks, and Josh Jacobs. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits for the day. Number one, Joe Schobert, Corey Littleton, Yannick Ngakwe, and Shaq Barrett. These are four linebackers that I would definitely target among the free agents coming available, franchise tags notwithstanding. Number two, Justin Simmons and Jimmy Ward. These are two safeties that I'll be keeping a close watch on during free agency. I would love to see either of these guys in the silver and black next year. Number three, Q, you mentioned picking up two receivers potentially in the first round. Now, I can see that, but realistically, I think you have to go with best receiver at 12 and best linebacker at 19. That would mean we could end up with either Jerry Judy. Now, if that happens, I'll buy the jersey the next day. C.D. Lamb, LaVisca Cheneau, Henry Ruggs, or Jalen Rieger. And I would love, love, love to get my guy Kenneth Murray at number 19. 
Number four, NorCal Raider in the 530. Your reflection on the season is a good one. However, I've already told everyone what I think about the NFL free agents at the wide receiver position, and I don't like any of them. Okay, well, maybe one. If Brashad Perryman was available for not too much money, yeah, I'd bring him in. Otherwise, it's a combination of rolling with the draft and who we have or who we have left. Number five, what has got to be the feel-good story so far in the offseason is Josh Jacobs buying his dad a house. Josh told the NFL Network he remembers seeing him not sleep. He would drive around at night with Josh asleep looking for a place where he could sleep himself. Josh didn't worry because he always felt safe. He would just get up the next day and go to school. Marty, Josh's dad, says that one of the things he's proudest of with Josh is that he trusted the process. Well, Rainer Nation, if he can trust in that process, we all need to just check up a little and trust the processes at work in the transition from East Bay to right across the street from Mandalay Bay. And congratulations and best wishes to the entire Jacobs family. Raider Nation, I usually talk about passion and fashion as I sign off, but today I just want to salute Josh Jacobs and leave you with one word, family. T3, thanks so much for the call, my man. It's always appreciated, and you're right about Jacobs. It is a feel-good story, and he's a dude, no doubt about it, on and off the field. And as far as wide receivers go and grabbing two in the first round, I don't see that as something that's like really out of the realm of possibility. I really do think that that's a strong possibility. Just think about this. What if Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb drops to the Raiders at number 12 and they go get him? And then all of a sudden, Henry Ruggs is sitting there at number 19. Do you realize that John Gruden wouldn't be able to stop himself? And I know Mike Mayock's there to, to balance him out, but, man, that's a lot of speed that the Raiders would all of a sudden be adding to that offense. And, yeah, I think John Gruden would say, I'm sorry, Mike, but we got to go and get these guys. I'm just saying that's what I think John Gruden would do. So that, that's, just, that's just me. Most likely, you're, you're probably right. It's going to be a wide receiver and a linebacker. But, again, you never know how the board's going to fall in front of the Raiders. You just really don't know. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, I don't think he makes it to 12. And Kenneth Murray, he probably does make it to number 19. If he does, there's a good shot that the Raiders would go and pull the trigger on him. But again, you really don't know. My final note, Rashad Perryman as a free agent wide receiver, I'm sorry, T3, but hell no. <laughs> he is actually the reason I have the Bigfoot saying. When I interview people that, that work for the Ravens or, or covered the Ravens, they always called Rashard Perriman Bigfoot because they always heard about how great he was, how athletic he was, how good he was going to be, but they never saw it. So they, they looked at him as a myth. And that's why I took that saying and I used it for Obi Mel and Fonwood because we always heard about how great he was going to be, but you never saw it. So that's where I got Bigfoot from. So no thank you to Brashad. I call him Brashad Old Man Perriman because he just looks like an old dude. Looks like he should be about 30 something instead of a young dude like he is. But uh, no thank you on uh, Brashad Perriman. <laughs> no thank you. Next up, Jordan in Oregon calling to talk about Wednesday's show and has a little bit of background on a couple Oregon Ducks, Justin Herbert and Marcus Mariota. Here he is, Jordan from Oregon. Hey, Q, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, Happy New Year to you, man. Um, anyway, I wanted to call. I listened to Wednesday's podcast, and I uh, loved your interview with Jordan Reed. Uh, I thought that was really, really great interview. And uh, a couple points I just wanted to give a call in and kind of thought were really uh, interesting throughout your podcast was the Justin Herbert conversation and the Marcus Mariota conversation. Um, I actually have a, a little bit of background in both players, so not, not like I've been around them personally, but I'm a huge Oregon Ducks fan. Um, you know, I, I, born and raised here in Oregon, they've been my team. Uh, don't have the same passion for them like I have the Silver and Black, but I, uh, I definitely follow them really closely, and both those players have been some of the bigger uh, names to ever come out of the program. And one thing I will say is coming out of the 2014 draft, 
Um, I take that back, 2015 draft. I thought Marcus Mariota was just a no-brainer. To me, he matched everything that the modern NFL is looking for nowadays from your type of quarterback that can improvise, that can go through his progression, that's smart with the football, that's not reckless, but still can make some plays with his legs. And coming into the NFL, if you look back at his rookie season, he was having a phenomenal season, actually. In fact, I, I would argue it might have been his best. And the uh, the blame, you know, partly, um, don't want to make this too long of a call with him, but was the Tennessee offensive line. It was awful. He got banged up. He lost his confidence. Um, we heard some of that on the on your crossover edition with the locked-on Titans. Um, but to circle back around to Justin, I – I just don't see the confidence that you need to have uh, him be a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Um, he does lack some confidence. I will say that. And when things um, go south, they seem to he he doesn't have the mojo to to put a team on his back. But he could, like uh, your your guy Jordan said, he maybe he hasn't hit his peak. But I feel like he kind of has. Um, I like the idea of bringing in Marcus Mariota, staying away from Herbert. Um, and Mariota bringing in, and actually instead of saying that either one of them is there or that he's the backup to Carr, sign him, you know, reasonable money. I'm saying give the guy 10 to $15 million a year, Mike Glennon money, and say you're starting, you're going to be playing for the starting job. And he's got some intangibles that the modern NFL would love to, we would love to have. But anyway. Peace out, Raider Nation. Just an idea. Happy New Year. Yeah, you're right, man. Mariota was good early on. I mean, he was really good. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he just started to drop off. You know, a lot of that had to do with Tennessee, like you mentioned. I think he lost a lot of confidence. But, again, I think as a backup, he would be good, especially if he's on the cheap. I don't agree with going ahead and giving him big-time money like Mike Glennon got when he went to, I believe it was Chicago. They gave him like $14 million. I don't believe in, in giving him that kind of money because I don't think he's a starter in the league anymore. I just don't think he has the confidence to do that. But I totally understand where you're coming from. You provide him, put him in there as a, as a backup, I'd be okay with that. And as far as Herbert goes, I don't see it either. I'm just not sold on him at all. Uh, I guess it's just one of those things, either you love him or hate him, and I just choose to dislike him. Hate's, hate's a very harsh word, so I just choose to dislike him. So I appreciate that call, my man. Rob from the 707, he's up next, calling in to talk about the Raiders' positives for the season instead of dwelling on the negatives. Here he is, Rob from the 707. Hey, Q, Raider Nation. What up? It's your boy, Rob, from the 707. I just wanted to give a quick call in and tell Raider Nation, hey, keep your head up, guys. Um, it's easy to dwell on the negative, but we just got to focus on the positive, and there's a lot of positive right now. I mean, the front office is nailing draft picks. Just think about what next year will look like if we hit a fourth-round pick again, like Crosby, who just goes out there and nails it. Um, you know, the quarterback situation is not ideal. Um, you know, we got to think about long-term, and I really think drafting a quarterback will help out this team long-term. Um, you know, I just – I really think 7-9 and nine is really not that bad, and if you listen to these call-ins, it sounds like it's the end of the world. You know, I'm actually pretty happy with the season – I'm really happy with the way we're trending. And, you know, I really think that if we get a little bit more depth on this team, especially on defense, we'll be all right. You know, so Raider Nation, keep your head up. I know it's easy to dwell on negative, but just try to stay positive. All right, you. Have a good one. Rob out. Thank you so much for the call. I really do appreciate that. And I think there's a, a lot of positives. And I think most people are pretty aware of the positives, but. 
there are some things that you know aren't necessarily negatives, but I think there are things that people are pointing out that need to be improvements. And so I think improvements aren't necessarily negative. It's just like, okay, this is what has to happen. If this doesn't happen, then there's going to be a problem. Now, I know that there's some I can't stand Derek Carr, cut him now moments, but that really isn't that many. I don't think there's that many I can't stand Derek Carr calls. I think most people kind of realize who he is and realize the situation moving forward. But that's that's just my opinion on that. But thank you so much for that call. The team is definitely trending in the right direction. Flavius in Indiana is up next, and I just got a couple more calls at 707-654-4693. He's calling in after being away for a while and, like always, has a short but sweet message about Derek Carr. Here he is, Flavius in Indiana. Hi, Q. This is your boy Flavius calling from Indiana. I haven't called in a while. I've been trying to let the new, the new booties get their calls in. Hey, we're now we're back into the off season. It's, I mean, it's just like last year. Everybody was against Carr being the quarterback. The season starts. Carr shows what he can do. Everybody's okay with Carr being there, and then all of a sudden, when the season's over, Carr's not that guy again. I mean. The guy needs a break. Give him a number one wide out. Let's see what he can do. Okay, out. Yeah, I think for the most part, man, uh, I don't think too many people are really kicking him to the curb. There are a few people kicking him to the curb. But for the most part, in my opinion, the t- everyone's just kind of in the same agreement that the team needs to draft a guy and develop him and sit him behind Derek Carr. I, I really think that that's where most people are trending. Like, okay, that's what has to happen. It's funny because when I mentioned it back, I don't know, weeks ago during the season, I thought there was going to be a lot of pushback and a lot of people angry about it. But I think most people kind of realize like, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably time to go ahead and draft a guy and sit him behind car and, and let him develop at some point. And I think that that's probably the best plan moving forward. And, and that's what a lot of teams do. A lot of good teams, that's exactly what they do. So I don't think anything is wrong with that. So appreciate that call, Flavius. It's always good to hear from you. Final call of the day has come from Chef Raider in the 860, calling in to talk about Amari Cooper. And, and this is in response to Mike in the Valley Joe's call about winning the Cooper trade. Here he is, Chef Raider in the 860. What's going on, Q? What's going on, Raider Nation? Your boy, Chef Raider 860. Hey, um, I didn't hear who uh, what his name was, um, but I was just listening to... Um, Cooking up on the podcast and with, with the the, cow, the Cowboys fan that called in talking about how um, how can anybody say that we won the Amari Cooper trade because Amari Cooper was pouting on the sideline in the fourth quarter when y'all pretty much would have needed him the most, looking like you know he did in the Miami game. You know what I'm saying after he gave up on Derek Carr, so that's why we can say that we won the trade. I mean, hell, even at this point, if we got a sixth round pick. We still won the trade because we don't have Butterfingers Cooper anymore. We don't have give up on a play Cooper anymore. One game, Jonathan Abram has given more effort than Amari Cooper has for at as a Raider in what three seasons? Like, come on, man, go ahead with all that. Come out. Yeah, man, that was a bad look for Coop. Fourth and eight. Uh, I talked about that really bad on the radio the very next day. I mean, fourth and eight, and you're on the sideline when the team needs you the most. That was a, a, a bad look on Coop's part. That was a bad look on the Cowboys' part. But either way, man, he, he's a hell of a player for them. I mean, they really do love him. The team really does love him. The question for me, as far as who really won the trade moving forward, is one, how, how's Abram going to be moving forward? How's he going to play? He only played in one game. That's something that Mike in the Valley Joe pointed out. He only played in one game, so we as fans don't know how he's going to be. And then two, how much is it going to cost the Cowboys to keep Amari Cooper? They gave up a first-round draft pick, so they actually have no options. They really have to go ahead and trade, or not trade him, but get, the, get, get him re-signed, and, and they're probably going to have to give up big money 
Or if they don't, then it's egg on their face. So that's kind of why I said that the Raiders are in the driver's seat as far as that goes because they had options where the Cowboys, in my opinion, really don't have options. they got to re-sign this guy or else they look really, really silly giving up a first-round draft pick for a guy that they only held on to for a year and a half. That wouldn't make any sense. So uh, thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Thank you, everyone, for your calls at 707-654-4693. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll finish off the week the right way. We'll have your news and notes of the day. Uh, We'll have some topics to talk about, and then obviously your calls will, will round everything out. So until Friday's episode, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.